I, I feel like this is really the the only time we get a solid look into the mechanics of how politics work. We all know the truth. More connects us than separates us. But in times of crisis, the wise build bridges, while the foolish build barriers. You raise walls, I destroy them. Let's see who prevails. Just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Allow my sword to join you in the fight against evil. The world needs us to chase dreams. We have to dedicate ourselves each and every single day to this fight because I can't do it alone. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines. The power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us all unite! Welcome to the Skiffy and Fanty Show, Reading Rangers! In the Game of Thrones, you win our... Wait, that's not right. Jenna's going to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) I have come to believe that the principal difference between heaven and hell is the company you keep there. Simon Elliott. Beautiful. I'm Alex. I'm Kate. I'm Trish. I'm Stina. I'm Paul. And today we are going to be talking about a civil campaign by Lois McMaster Bujold. Yay! A comedy of biology and manners, I believe, is the subtitle. It is. That is correct. I did not know that. Yep. And it is my second favorite of her books, which is why I was like, I will be on this podcast or I will murder everyone. <laughs> or something, you know, maybe slightly less stronger, strongly worded. Um, before we get started, I wanted to give her a quick reminder. If you love what we do on the show, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty or sending a one-time PayPal donation to skiffyandfanty at gmail.com or... And, do all of the things, leaving a review on your favorite podcatcher. Every bit of support brings us one step closer to world domination. And if you're a Hugo voter this year, you better open your fucking ballot and vote for us. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) Yeah! World domination! World domination! (laughs) All right. So, uh, let's see. We're going to start off by doing a summary, and Kate has been voluntold to do that. Take it away, Kate. Okay. In our last book, Miles met the estimable Katerin Vorsoisson. I, 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 I can sort of do Russian, but I can't do French. And they would neither of them really, really admit it, but they basically fell in love with each other. Last novel. This novel finds them both back on Barriar. Ekaterin is living at her aunt and uncle's house and getting ready to start school to become a real-life gardener, even though she's already an amazing one. And Miles desperately wants to court her, but she is recently widowed and her marriage sucked donkey. And so she's really not interested in getting married again. She's in a mourning period. Things are difficult. And Miles has started planning out his civil campaign to stealth court her. Um, he decides his first move is going to be to hire her to design a garden for a vacant lot next door to Vorkosigan House, which she enthusiastically accepts. So everything's looking pretty good, but meanwhile, she's already got suitors showing up at her uncle's house. And the suitors are kind of uniformly ridiculously awful. We'll get back to them in a moment. But uh, meanwhile, Mark has come home. And so has Kareen Kudelka. Brother Mark has been on beta, and so has Kareen for the last several novels. I was so excited to see him back. And he has stopped off and picked up an Escobaran research scientist who his specialty is, uh, is, uh, organism design breeding. And he has a variety of insects that he's created that is uh capable not only of eating pretty much any goddamn thing you feed them, but digests it, enzymes inside it, convert the stuff into basically a wonderful non-dairy cream. 
but the bugs are ugly as hell. So that's where, but, but, but Mark is absolutely sure and he's convinced Corrine and his scientist Enrique is just absolutely, they're all about developing this as a new business on Barriar, which is going to be formidable because who wants to eat bug vomit, even if the stuff is freaking delicious. So meanwhile, uh, the, uh, the suitors for Yekaterin's hand start causing trouble. And it includes a lot of details from the last novel. They start trying to insinuate that Miles murdered Yekaterin's husband last, hob- last novel to get a shot at her himself. And all of this starts coming to a head. There is a disastrous dinner party at which Miles's intentions are accidentally let known and uh, <laughs> and, uh, meanwhile, poor Corrine has also been backed into a corner of admitting things to her parents who are also at the dinner about her relationship with Mark that they weren't quite ready for and everything blows up. So while it, it looked like it was just going to be a straightforward courtship and, and, and arrangement for the brothers to find their, their forever wives, we're already in trouble. And it's only what a third of the way through the novel. <laughs> meanwhile, in the background, Emperor Gregor is about to marry his beloved Lysa. And so while all this is going on, the nuptial plans are in full swing. Lady Alice is in charge and poor Ivan is her deputy having to go around and do her bidding. But thank goodness, because poor Ivan basically stumbles on everything important, including the plots against Miles. (laughs) But eventually, are we spoiling yet? Eventually, true love wins out, and so do the butterbugs. <laughs> there, there is a, there is one other plot thread that I will mention yes. um, that that comes in with all of the plotting, where into the mix is also thrown some inheritance. Oh God, politicking. yes, the coolest character in this book. You're right. Yeah, and um, and and basically, someone has gone off to Beta Colony and comes back a little different in order to try to gain a countship. And that's one of the plots too. And it's pretty amazing. And that is the best character in this book. Yeah. You know, love, love everybody, but that was a blast. Oh, I don't know. I also really adore the other uh, new character, the crazy socialite who we find out maybe a little more than just a degenerate. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. I'm quite fond of him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of just like capital politics stuff Mm -hmm. going on. And and for once, Miles is taking a break from being Space Nancy Drew. Yeah. And uh, he makes a a pretty good, what, Polytrades? String puller? (laughs) I mean, I think he makes a pretty good Count Vorkosigan. Well, yeah, he's a fucking amazing Count Vorkosigan, even though his dad is still there. So, summary done. So, let's talk about what our overall impressions were. Apparently, we're going to start with the old readers and then do the new readers. So, um, Trish, why don't you start off with your impression of this book? Okay. Um, well, this is my favorite, uh, Vorkosiverse book. Um, it's okay. Other books are great in their ways, but this is just the one that gives me the most squeeze, the, the, the most, uh, heartwarming feelings, the most belly laughs and snickers, uh, and I love all the interweaving elements of it and all the callbacks to things that happened in previous books that uh, come back again, um, sometimes to bite you and sometimes to hug you. <laughs> uh, I just love this book. Excellent. Uh, what about you, Paul? Past me didn't appreciate this book enough is really the the takeaway I can take from this. Past me thought back circa 2000, the younger, callower, stupider me thought this was like, oh, it's the romance one. Is this a kissing book? <laughs> Is this a kissing <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Past me's book tastes weren't aren't as evolved as current me, so you have to forgive past me for thinking, well, I don't really see the point. Yay, Mar- Miles gets married. Let's move, let's move on. Can we have more Space Nancy Drew or maybe go back to Space Battles or something, please? But current me found this book, especially with its idea, with the whole Lord Dono plot and seeing the intricacy of how you can take a 
basically a Georgette Heyer no- novel and put it in space <laughs> and make it work. Courtney is much more impressed with this, what this book actually manages to do and how it pulls, pulls it off and found some scenes very, very funny indeed. Like, say, the, the butter butter battle butter fight, I guess. The butter butter <laughs> battle, which I had not remembered at all. It's like, oh, what? What? Are we having a slap? A, a slapstick butter butterfly? I didn't remember this at all. I mean, I remembered the bad dinner party. I remember, I remember the Lord Darnold plot. I didn't remember, I didn't remember we also had the, the part, uh, the part, uh, Sedigandin count problem, which, which I now realize was actually seating and stuff for a couple books down, couple books down the line, but. So, so there's lo- lots of richness here that passed me missed entirely that I was happy to rediscover t- this time. Yeah. And I mean, oh God, like the whole like bug butter battle. I mean, that, that just desperately cries for yakety sacks to be playing in the background. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, I guess I'm the last old reader, so I get to go now and then, and then it'll be the, the time of the newbies. But, um, this is my second favorite book of the series. My first is, of course, Memory, because I love Simon Illion and all the changes that happen in this book. But this book, A Civil Campaign, is just, it's so funny. I mean, that's why I love it, is is it's funny and it's got, like, all this really good, chewy character development in it that you almost don't realize how much heavy lifting is being done under all of the humor. And I love that. I love... I feel like this is really the the only time we get a solid look into the mechanics of how politics work. Like, a lot of times, you kind of get this mentioned where, you know, Errol is like, oh, well, I've got to do this thing and get it past the Council of Counts and blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, Gregor needs something. But this, you actually get to see Miles do something and play politics and count votes. And it's way more exciting than it sounds to say that someone is counting votes, but it's very like, it's one of the more dramatic scenes in the book and it Catherine gets to be super awesome. And like, that's actually when I go back and, and cause I, I've got the audio book of this. When I go back and re-listen to portions of it, that's my favorite part is actually in the council of counts when the final vote is happening and there are dramatic speeches and, you know, then a Catering gets to basically tear off somebody's face and eat it, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's idiot. fucking beautiful. And I love this book so much. Idiot, idiot Richards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she just sits down and she's just like, twit. Yeah. Dusts off her hands. Like a lady. Um, Let's see. How about our newbies? Uh, Stina, how about you go? Okay. Um, I liked it. I enjoyed it didn't enjoy it as much as y'all did apparently <laughs> it was fun there were things that weren't fun about it that i i really liked i guess katrin is just so she hits me so close to home that all of the the manipulations going on by the men just really irritated the holy shit out of me <laughs> so i just i guess i have a giant candy red button on on that aspect of things having having been in a situation where no she will she will date me no she will date me and no one bothered to consult me on the issue it that one just hit me so close to home i was still smarting from the last one so i had a harder time looking at it as a comedy i guess and the butterbugs really grossed me out <laughs> I mean, that's fair i think they're supposed to gross you out yeah, but they really grossed me out. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was, I, I like Miles. I like Miles a lot. So I don't know. There are things that I really enjoyed about it and then other things that I didn't so much. And I just have a hard time with poor Catherine. I just want to make everybody go away and let her deal with her grief and, and deal with the things that she needs to deal with. And the nice thing about Miles is that he understands that she needs to deal with her grief. And even though he does some stupid shit, he at least gets it that she, she needs her space. It's just everybody else that I want to punch in the face repeatedly. <laughs> I also just kind of feel like Miles's version of giving someone space <laughs> is just like, stand, you know, like standing on the other side of the garden wall and being like, is it time yet? Give me space. 
Is How are time? you doing now? <laughs> How are you doing now? He's like texting every five minutes, like, how you doing? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, I just, yeah, there's just certain aspects of that character, I, which t- tells me, frankly, that she's really very well written. But they're just, she's just so close to home. It's it's kind of painful for me. All right. And uh, Kate, what did you think? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, as the token entomologist of Skiffy and Fanti, um, the, the butterbugs were my favorite part. <laughs> and I love the scientist. And I was kind of sitting there for a while when it was almost looking like Yekaterin and is his name Esteban? Enrique. Enrique. Uh, we're almost maybe going to have some chemistry. And and I decided that was okay. It wasn't my first choice, but I was going to be able to live with it. But that nice little, that whole little thread that qu- quickly dissipated. But I was, I was okay with that. But I just love the bugs, you guys. I just, there's not enough bugs in science fiction. And when they are, they're usually like a giant monster aliens and they're the enemy. And these were just... I, you know, I can understand people not wanting them to get loose in your house. And they were described as, you know, the pulsing abdomen and stuff. I'm trying not to trigger Stina, but, uh, I, I, I just really love that. Even though the likelihood that we could ever design an organism that not only produces a wonderful edible food, but also produces frass that is high quality fertilizer. I'm not sure that the uh, chemistry would ever actually work out because something's something's got it. You know, there's waste product in the shit that they're eating. Where is it going if it's not making <laughs> if it's making perfect yeah. fertilizer and wonderful food? But um, I I loved that whole plot thread. I loved all the stuff with Lord Dono. I'm not a big romance fan, but when it's done well, I appreciate it and. This was done extraordinarily well. This is definitely my favorite Vorkosigan book that we've read so far. It might become one of my favorites overall, just because it ticks so many good boxes. I love politics. <laughs> I love I love all the little subplots like by. Um, I loved the the story of the Setagandan Count. I loved I loved Corrine's story. And Corrine is what I felt the most, uh, just because everyone's already defined her and making, making decisions for her and the way she almost felt trapped so many times. And, uh, and, uh, I liked, I liked Martia becoming a character finally, instead of just one of the Kudelka girls. I liked so many little scenes. There was a great scene where Errol, um, has a really great talk with Miles. I loved, the scenes with Cordelia again. <sighs> there, the couch. Yeah, oh. the couch. <laughs> the, the whole gambit with the ancient couch was just... Oh, that was like chef kiss. <laughs> oh, Cordelia <laughs> at her it finest. Was magnificent. Yeah, that was, that was brilliant. I have to say, that was brilliant. Yeah, just so many good scenes, so many funny scenes. If only one of these books ever gets made into a movie, it needs to be this mm. one. And I'm not just talking about the bug butter battle, although holy crap, the bug butter battle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even the complications of the romantic subplots were just genius. So I am impressed as hell. Excellent. All right. Now we're going to start getting into specifics. So I guess if there's a spoiler wall to throw up, we're putting it up now sound the alerts blow ballast dive dive <laughs> it's a trap whatever oh, wrong show uh exterminate <laughs> all right so are there any specific things or major themes that anyone would like to talk about well i'll start i i really do love the um not just the romance aspects but the cultural social interplay aspects um this is uh of course it's it's much more about bariaran culture than some of the other books that we see um arguing about how to bring elements from the traditional emperor weddings and modernize them here i loved i loved how that was done you know so as to be you know not t- offending the 
older conservative traditionalist, but actually using the wedding to make them feel better about this whole marrying a Kumaran, <laughs> getting a Kumaran empress thing, um, uh, at, while modernizing it enough to uh, not scare off the Kumarans. Um, that was one thing. Um, just the uh, you know, dinner party gone awry is a, a great old romance trope. And I read somewhere that uh, Lois and somebody else actually made place cards and were switching them around a table to create the most opportunities for mayhem uh, <laughs> at that dinner That's party. Brilliant. And I just loved that. Um, it was, it it was just orchestrated so beautifully. I mean, the the dinner party is just. That that's that's another scene that I think would look be amazing on mm. film because you can just imagine you know things being intercut and the conversations and the slow dawning horror that is Miles's life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing that I love most in this book is I mean you know it has been well established throughout the series that Miles is the author of his own misfortunes ninety nine point nine percent of the time, but. You know, in this case, it's it's him basically just like setting himself on fire as he's trying to 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 figure out how to be like Don Juan, and it's just so amazing. And and the dinner party as as the moment when he realizes that he is spontaneously combusting. <laughs> I mean, the thing I love most about it is just like everything goes horrible. Ekaterine takes takes the tattered shreds of her dignity and is like I'm leaving now. And then of course the count and countess take that one moment to drive <laughs> up because the timing is everything. And Miles is like, "Hi mom and dad, let me introduce. She's getting away." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just a moment that I will never forget and and you know, we've we've seen indications that Cordelia will never forget it either. So I want to talk about talk briefly about a structural aspect of the book that I had not remembered and I found really interesting, especially because since I was re-listening to an audiobook, I didn't pick up the cues at first. I thought, well, wait a minute. So for all the novels up in, up until Coma, we've basically been sitting generally in one point of view. Um, Shards of Iron, I think we had two. Um, I think we, we had uh, Cordelia and Arrow. In, in Komar, we, we break away from Miles alone to add in Ekaterin. In this novel, we get we get Miles, Ekaterin, Mark, Kareen, and Ivan, which, which really surprised me that Lois decided to break her general forms to put us into so many heads. I mean, it's it was useful. It allowed us to spread out and see things from different points of view, especially especially poor Ivan the donkey. But I, I found it interesting that she managed to make everything distinct and easy. So that when, when, when I knew exactly whose head I was in any particular time, even if they were in the same room, just because of how she wrote the book. And I really appreciated that. And I could see this is where she started, starts really redeeming Ivan as a character from the, from the earlier cad who, who tried to sexually assault someone. It's like, I, Ivan, Ivan here, even under the th thumb of Lady Lady Alice, I think it was you, you Alex, who said that he winds up basically, or somebody else said he basically winds up uncovering every single plot somehow. I mean, Miles is so laser focused on trying to help Ekaterin that it's, it's Ivan who winds up playing tic tac toe to to help everybody along and push the plot through and surprise his cousin for a change. Oh yeah, I mean, I, Ivan gets to shine in this because. It's like while Miles is is off setting himself on fire, Ivan is like, okay, you know, now I have to be Space Nancy Drew, <laughs> like Junior, because yeah, you're right. He he, I mean, he figures out all of the stuff going on with the people attacking Lord Dono. He 
does a, you know, that's like his main thing. And he's the one that orchestrates basically the triumphant end, <laughs> which, you know, Miles had been doing his vote counting and he was like, I think we're short. And then Ivan was like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great being able to see Ivan do some really positive things and not yeah. just sit in the background and be a jerk. <laughs> well, and I love because Ivan is, is that character who's just perennially like, I don't want to be involved in anything. I don't want to be noticed. And this is the book that also just really kind of points out, yeah, he's he's kind of full of shit. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily want to be recognized because it does make sense that he he doesn't want to have too much attention paid to him, but he definitely wants to to like ha- act as a positive force in his world, and he gets kind of pissy when Miles tries to cut him out of that. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you don't need me? Yeah, he wants to be argued into doing stuff for Miles. And then when that is taken away, he, he kind of doesn't know what to do with himself for a little while. And yet, uh, the, the, the scene, the bit in which he most gets to shine is kind of the one where he was mostly trying to avoid responsibility like he always does, you know, at the big reception. I mean, he's partly after Olivia, but. A lot of it is just, I don't want to get roped into anything else, so I'm going to latch onto her. And that's how he winds up being in a position to be the big damn hero. And that was really, really awesome. And the other character we haven't talked about yet who really, he only, he, he only had a few moments, but they were awesome was Gregor. Mm. Yes. Oh, I love Gregor. Gregor has, has grown up into the ideal emperor. And I loved his scene with Nikki. Mm-hmm. I loved how he handled the whole thing with Nikki. I love the way he handles his people. I love how he code switches. He's way better at it than Miles as far as between, you know, being with his buddies and being the emperor. And so I really, I, I, I just, I, I stand Gregor now more than ever before. <laughs> right up there with Cordelia as far as just, awesome people who I wish were in my real life. <laughs> well, and, and I love where at this point, Gregor's little, like, his catchphrase has become almost sinister. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and Lois's attention to his micro expressions and, uh, what they communicate to everyone else who's even remotely paying attention and can appreciate it, which is mostly Miles, but. <laughs> I uh I just thought every every bit that he was in was just ding ding ding. Oh like um when it's it's the the council of counts scene and he has to like Ugh. come into the back room and deal with <laughs> Ekaterin's bullshit family drama. <laughs> <laughs> the emperor. And you can tell he's just like, you know, I I just what I love about that scene is just imagining like Ekaterin's what her brother-in-law and her brother just sitting there like pooping in their drawers and Gregor's like, <laughs> I got somewhere to be. Come on. Just what's going on? Let's be brief. <laughs> Keep it moving. And uh how how wonderful he was with Nikki to begin with. Oh yeah. And what a good idea that Miles had to uh introduce the two. Because well I know someone who's lost a dad. And you know, he's just <laughs> thinking in terms of I know someone who lost a dad. Who's lost a dad? I had forgotten it would be Gregor. Right. And- oh yeah. I thought, wait, wait a minute, Ivan's lost it. It can't be Ivan. Oh, God, could you imagine Ivan trying to talk to Nikki? No. <laughs> like, here, no. Ivan, here's a child. And Ivan like, would be pr- trying to break the door down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. be awful. Yeah, I like how Gregor handled Nikki. Giving him his personal access code and everything. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that was really nice. I was extremely annoyed with Mark, though. I have a thing about people feeding me food and then not telling me what's in it yeah that was kind of gross i have a thing about that i have a real thing about that it's um that made me so mad for everyone it really did what if someone's allergic to uh, bug butter man exactly he's he's actually putting people's health in danger by doing that and, and just being in my opinion so selfish in his pursuit of of wealth. I mean, I understand why he was doing it. I I understand it's because he wants he wants to make a life for himself. All of that makes sense, but the way he went about it was so 
inconsiderate and dangerous, in my opinion. He just basically used all those people as lab rats. You know, he didn't, he didn't know. He didn't, I just, that, that made me so angry. Um, which is like the other problem I had with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not like I'm having problems with how it's written because Bujolo is such a great writer. I'm having problems with the, actually the characters themselves and the choices that they make. Right. And not because these choices don't fit them. Those choices per- fit them perfectly. These are, st- these are stupid things that people would do if they were real people. So I think that's really cool because I'm emotionally invested. <laughs> You're mad at them as if they were real people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just not in the way that y'all are invested. <laughs> I, I will say, of like the viewpoint characters, Mark was honestly my least favorite in this book. And I, oh, I yeah. didn't particularly care for the chapters that were his, just because so many of his chapters were him just being like, Hey, Kareem, want to have sex now? How about now? How about, How, now? How about now? And I was just like, dude, you need to fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. I felt the same way. He's trying to contrast himself for Miles and he's succeeding. I did like that Kareen has been brought in on the whole situation with the black gang, you know, so intimately to where she even knows all of the individual sub personalities that he's managing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the only reason I'm okay with that coupling. Yeah. Because she knows everything. She knows what she's gotten into. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was mostly like, well, I, I guess it works for them. Lid for every pot, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I guess. Exactly. <laughs> well, just like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Enrique has maybe even got a girlfriend. <laughs> oh my God. And I, and I like the way, was it, was it, was it their dad that was just like, well, we've got a businessman, we've got a military man, we got, yeah, all we were missing was the scientist. Isn't it her dad that observes that? <laughs> the four of them have, have taken up different aspects of society. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Kudelka's conquer the world. So, you know, that's kind of a metaphor. They raised daughters and they're, the, they're they seem to be the only noble family who did in this generation. And so they've got to make sure that all of, all sectors of society get a Kadelka girl. And yet they didn't do anything to make it happen because they're not terrible parents. They're just a little bit backward. Just a little overprotective. Compared to Cordelia and Errol, which who wouldn't be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Just, I don't, like, okay, you know, I talk about the, the, the Council of Counts scene as, as one that I go back to often. The other one is... Cordelia and the couch. Because <laughs> it's just, it's so good. Because why wouldn't you? It's just brilliant. <laughs> oh, it's so beautifully done. When, and, and the thing is, like, when I first listened to this book and they mentioned the couch, I actually was like, oh. <laughs> and, and, and then she did it. And I was like, oh, do not <laughs> mess with this woman. <laughs> she will remember things for decades. No shit. <laughs> Do not mess with Cordelia. Just don't. <laughs> she never forgets. How can she be so awesome and still be so believable? You know, I mean, a lot of there's no way that anyone could ever accuse her of being the an a Mary Sue. <laughs> I mean, she's just so perfect. Even though she's perfect. <laughs> I mean, I think if anyone did accuse her of being a Mary Sue, she'd psychoanalyze them, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they would not come out of the encounter alive. But um, how is she so perfect, even though she's perfect? It's just what I always end up thinking as we finish up. For all that she hasn't had many scenes since her own books, she makes them count. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, should I say she <laughs> makes them countess? <laughs> Oh my god. (laughs) Arg. I'll show myself out. Speaking of of counts, I would like to hear what people think of Count Dono. (laughs) Oh my god, 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 that was the greatest. I think you should go first, Alex. Yeah, you should go first, Alex. Well, I mean, obviously, like, I really enjoy the fact that we have our first canonical trans man character in the Vorkosiverse, and he's super fucking awesome. And, you know, it it was also interesting to kind of watch him come in and and be dealing with very recognizable problems as a trans person. 
I mean, the the one part where I'm still a little like is I since we never get to be in Dono's head, I feel like the book always kind of leaves it as a question about like, you know, is this something that that Dono wanted because it's it's really part of his identity? You know, is it something where he, it like, it sprang into his mind because obviously this has never really been an option on Barry R. And then he was like, I have a wild idea. And then he went to Beta Colony and he was like, holy shit, where's this been all my life? Or is it something that was just kind of like a political move? I tend to think it's more like the former two choices, but that's the one part where I'm like, I wish we'd had a little time with Dono in Dono's head. I can see that. Well, we 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 get we get a little discussion of that because when when Dono talks to Gregor and Gregor hours at Ivan and he said, "Well, if this fails, would you go back to being Donna?" And Dono says, "No, I've had enough of that." So mm-hmm. that kind of that kind of like they tag to me is like saying, "Nope, okay, this is this is changed not just for real politic reasons to take the countship. This is who this person is." Okay, true. And we can go along. Yeah, and I could buy this having started out as an end run around the patriarchy and then ending up being, you know, this feels more like me. I, I, I agree with Alex. I would love to have had some internal internalization of this. But on the other hand, it also kind of works that we're kept at arm's length. Maybe it will become our business somewhere down the line, but we really just met this person. And so what right have we to be creeping around? his deepest soul. <laughs> yeah. You know, and everyone on Barriar is asking this very question, you know. And it could be like the idea would have never even occurred to him if he hadn't already been like, you know, somewhere in his mind thinking about things uh-huh. like that. Who knows? I mean, it's he is such an interesting character. Yes. Yeah, it's it struck me as a little bit like Orlando. Yeah. You know? <gasps> yes. Oh, there's, there's a good example. Yeah. Thank you, it, it, Perfect. It, it really hit me that way. Like one morning she woke up and went, I think I'm going to be male now because it's time to be male. And then she was male and and he liked being male and decided I'm just going to stay male. It wasn't, that's just how it played in my head for some reason. No, I, I think that's valid. And also like Dono's just got such a good sense of humor about everything. He certainly handles Ivan. No shit. I loved Dono learning to manspread. Yeah, if Dono was just angry all the time about, you know, uh, the patriarchy and stuff, it wouldn't be nearly as fun, but he has a wicked sense of humor. Um, and it, it's also fun to watch him, you know, being coached a little bit by, by his armsman, Zabo, um, and, and, you know, slipping up a bit here and there and, you know, sometimes deliberately, uh, slipping back over a little bit, like when he, uh, covered his face with the flowers that Ivan gave him and, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> flirted with him with his eyes to freak him out. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's so good at knowing how to mess with people because I think he's got <laughs> such a good view with, you know, how horrifically homophobic Barriar and men are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I know that I make you uncomfortable and that's part of my plan. Oh, yeah. Apparently half the nobility have had an intimate encounter with (laughs) his former self. And so he's going to get to play that game over and over and over again. I bet he never gets bored with it. And the next 50 years on the Council of Counts is just going to be past the popcorn awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Every time some harumphing old fart comes up, is like, "Wow, women!" and look down and make eye contact with Dono. And <laughs> <laughs> so, it might have been more interesting to have a figure like Dono before, like uterine replicators were accepted. Mm. But um, it's nice that that's not necessary. <laughs> well, and. and- I love that that because of all of that past history he had, it allowed him to make contacts through Alice into the Lady Vore network. And he was smart enough to do it. The only other character I think right. who would even think of that is maybe Miles, but it would take him like two books. Well, I mean, it's basically the, the only people throughout the whole, like all of these books 
that have understood how absolutely powerful Lady Alice is are like Dono, Miles, and Simon Illion. Yeah. Yes. I love Lady Alice. And we know that Miles understands what Lady Alice can do because remember in memory, he was the one being like, dude, yes. you're, you're, you're being rude to Lady Alice. Are you fucking stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Are you suicidal? What the hell? Yeah. Like she might not have a vote. She doesn't need a vote. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, I, I love that. And then we get to see that come to fruition here where, where she's just like, you know, here's how I'm going to get a bunch of votes for you, Miles. <laughs> yeah, she's a social general. <laughs> oh, she's amazing. I love that woman. Great character. Really great character. Alright, any other specifics someone wants to bring up? I just wanna I just wanna mention the other the other countship plot is something that will that actually winds up paying off again three books hence uh yeah i think it's three yeah the the the, the part the yeah uh, yeah oh oh, oh they're set again in blood flowing around barrier that be- that will become important i had not rem- remembered that from this time because i've i've read that book in question marks more recently and so it's like now i see like oh so she so put the seed here got it uh-huh. i mean i mean it, it gets a lot i mean, I mean there's like does set again in blood disqualify you from the township gets a lot less play than Lord Dono. It's a much smaller problem. I mean, it winds up being crucial. That vote being, winds up being crucial and the little voting manipulating game that Miles does to make sure that both both can pass is is fun, but that's that's a seed that she's planting here that I didn't realize she had planted when I read the the book in question. And now I see, like, okay, this is, she's going to bloom out of that in the future. That's just like there's plenty of stuff here that comes paying back. Like we stuff, we see stuff all the way back from Sita Ganda in this novel when the hot lady shows up. I was just going to ask if the hot lady is part of the uh, ongoing forward. I mean, I I was going to say we see stuff paying off in this book back from Barry R. Because <laughs> we got the couch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I mean, in some ways, uh, I think this could have been a way for her to end the series she could end the series here with 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 the with, with the with the wedding and decide okay i'm done but i mean we get more books afterwards but i could see she she pulled a lot of stuff here from the from the past and decided to pay it off i mean she set some some seeds for the future but i felt in some ways that she could have if she wanted to stop writing more Kazuga novels i think she did for a few years she could have stopped here if she wanted to because of the way she sews everything up. It does feel very complete and all-encompassing. And, and I bet you Trish would agree with me on this. It's, it's a social novel mm-hmm. this time. It reminded me more of the, the, the Russian roots of Beriar than anything that's come so far. And it felt almost like a Russian novel. You know, not Dostoevsky, but, you know, maybe a Tolstoy or... I was gonna say it doesn't feel that Russian. Not everyone is miserable. <laughs> no, not all Russian novels are miserable. But <laughs> and, and the answer is not God. So <laughs> yeah. that, yeah, right. So you guys have read Dostoevsky and Dostoevsky and Dostoevsky, huh? <laughs> but yeah, the author definitely meant it that way. The book is dedicated to Jane, Charlotte, Georgette, and Dorothy, which is Jane Austen, Charlotte Bronte, Georgette Hire, her hair. And uh, Dorothy Sayers, I believe. Um, well, she basically names them as queens because it's long may they reign. Mm-hmm. Right? right? Yeah. yeah. That's the dedication. So, I mean, you can see echoes and influences, but um, I, I I, really believe that this book feels so, you know, it's not at all dated. Uh, it's it's um, got so much going on uh personally and socially and you know it's the the interactions and the little subtleties there's so many little subtleties in in this book um uh just just really filled my heart with joy <laughs> all right anything else i love byerly and i'm glad we see more of him later yes yes and again i had forgotten byerly shows first really shows up here like okay now okay so that's where she started them got it 
Yeah. It, it, it's been way too long since I read this. I read this book in 2000, and I was a different reader back then. Well, so you had not read it in the intervening two decades? It was it was one of the Volkazians I had not read because I thought, nah, it's the romance one. I don't need to reread it. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, it, so it's the one I've reread the least. This is only my second time I've ever, ever read it. So live and learn. Well, I'm glad we made you do it then. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's interesting because it's definitely the one I've reread the most. One thing that made me especially, especially, especially smile. Um, what's the name of the military man that was pursuing Yekaterin? Oh, um. Anyway, him getting sentenced to Camp Permafrost. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and that's a call. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's another payoff from way back when. Oh, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> that was just, that, that had to have been. Just a, a wonderful little private joke between Gregor and Miles. <laughs> you can tell that Miles has been telling people about Camp Permafrost forever. So you know Gregor's probably heard the story a million times. And yeah, it's perfect. And it sounds like he's there for life. <laughs> well, he won't, he, won't, he won't cause problems for Gregor there. <laughs> well, there, you know, there were problems there once. Unfortunately, Miles was there to solve them. Yeah, for me, this really did feel like the end of the series in a lot of ways. Even though I know there are other books and we're, we're going to continue reading on, I was kind of disappointed that that was just felt like that's it. I, but we don't even get to see Miles be happy in his marriage or anything like that. It's just. Well, the next, the next book's their wedding, right? Mm, we kind of skip no. over that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they actually skip the wedding, and the next book starts at basically their honeymoon. Oh, so there is more miles. Yeah, I think the wedding is in a short story, but I don't have that in a collection anywhere. Is it in Winter? Is yeah, it's in Winterfair Gifts. Yeah, it's Winterfair Gifts. Yeah, because I have the omnibus uh, Miles in Love, and I think Winterfair Gifts is. So that's not the next novel, that's just a novella. Yeah, the next novel is Diplomatic Immunity, but if we want to try to do Winterfair Gifts, um... I think we should. If, if nothing else, that, that book's really cool because you get to see Tara again. <gasps> then we definitely have to, or I'm never going to be on this show again. <laughs> wow. Oh dear. Ooh. I love Tara. Because I think, I think out of like, like the short stories and novellas, Winterfair Gifts is the only one that kind of like intercedes in these until we get to like um oh god what's the one that just came out the flowers of vashnoi yeah the flowers of vashnoi but that one i'm not sure where that one falls i just finished reading it and uh, wiggly hand gesture I mean, it's definitely, I, I want to say it's got to be after, like, Diplomatic Immunity is when the Flowers of Vashnoi is. But I don't know if it's, like, before or after, um... Cryoburn? Cryoburn, thank you. I just, I always forget Cryoburn because I just kind of don't give a shit about that novel. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> anyway, so are there, are there any questions from, from the new readers to the old readers that we can try to answer without spoiling everything? <laughs> I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> no. Wow. Oh, wow. What did I do to deserve Ouch. that? No, I have to, I have to say one thing. Paul was very good playing it close to his vest on Twitter. I didn't get to join in um the show for the last book, but I'd mentioned early on that I was really liking Yekaterin. And Paul was just like, I'm glad you like I mean, it was so early on that I wasn't even seeing her as a potential mate for Miles or anything. I was just really early on. I was just like, this is a cool chick. She's well written. And Paul is just like, yeah. Oh, no. I immediately saw her as a potential mate for Miles almost immediately when she was introduced. <laughs> I don't know why. There was just something about it that just said, yeah, this is heading in, in that direction. I well, imagine when when you first start out and she's a viewpoint character, you're like, oh, well, she's important. True. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're breaking Miles' <laughs> viewpoint to show her point of view that the, the author was tipping her hand a bit there. But she was also married, so I was just like, hmm. So, I, I obviously don't read enough romance novels. <laughs> Unless you count Dorothy Dennett. I'm not sure that counts. <laughs> <laughs> it counts if you want it to count. Sure. Yeah, yeah. 
That's so we, we do get more miles. Absolutely. Later. Oh, That's yeah. That's my question. So basically, okay. just, just to kind of go over what what we have to look forward to. Okay, so we are going to read Winterfair Gifts next, because that is actually chronologically the next one. Okay. Then it'll be Diplomatic Immunity, which is a full novel. Then apparently Captain Vorpatrel's Alliance, and then Cryoburn, and then Gentleman Joel and the Red Queen. And then after that, I found an answer. Apparently the Flowers of Vashnoi should come after Captain Vorpatrel's Alliance and before Cryoburn. Okay, so we have we have time for that one. So we should plan to do Winterfair Gifts next. Yes. Okay. Hooray! Um, do we get more butterbugs in the future? You get, actually, you get something, you, you get to see Enrique, and you get more but different bugs in Flowers of Vashnoi. <gasps> okay. <laughs> okay, I would read standalone books about Alice. I would oh, read standalone God, books amazing. about Enrique. And I think I would also read a standalone book about Gregor. See, I, I would love an Alice book or a Gregor book. I feel like Enrique is a character that needs to have um, a leash. I think I'd rather read a Martia book where she is managing Enrique amid plots in the capital city. Yeah, he's better. He needs someone as a foil or he works better as someone else's foil. Like if, if it was a standalone book, it would just be kind of like him wandering around <laughs> and bonking his head on things. I feel like, Oh, <laughs> I think if, if, if she really wanted to tackle like the internal thought processes of a biologist, it might be really cool. But I, I agree that something from Margie's point of view might make a better book. <laughs> Trish. <laughs> it would be a little more focused. Yeah. <laughs> now I love Lady Alice. I, I would love to see more of her. I like the way Simon Illion ended mm-hmm. up. I'm mm-hmm. like, yes! I like where all of that went. That was extremely well handled. Even though it, for me, it paralleled a lot of what was going on with my dad, too. I remember. He's got Alzheimer's. So um, I just thought that was so well done. It was so well done. But anyway, um, that was my main question was, is there more Miles? Yes. We do see Ilian some more, too, though. There are certainly critters in Cryoburn. <laughs> also true. All right. So I think this is the part where I say thanks for joining us today for Reading Rangers. Next time we will be tackling at least Winterfair Gifts. Once we've kind of eyeballed how long it is, we might also add in diplomatic immunity. We'll figure it out. You'll find out when you get the, the episode. Either way, it'll be really cool because the series is cool. And now everyone gets to say goodbye forever. Stay frosty. Bye. Here's to cunning plans. (laughs) You're welcome, citizens. You're welcome. If you would like to support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty or find us on Twitter at skiffyandfanty, our webpage skiffyandfanty.com, or you can even send us an email at skiffyandfanty at gmail.com. The intro music for this podcast was taken from Rock Thing by Creo. You can find out more about their music on freemusicarchive.org.